Welcome back. It's Dauber Prospects Radio. This is going to be episode 62, second episode of season four, uh, coming out in rapid fire to start this year off. Um, kind of want to start off by saying uh, thanks for all of the uh, feedback I got on an episode 59, I think it was, where I talked about So You Want to Be a Scout, uh, the one that had the Bob McKenzie interview on it. Uh, a lot of people, uh, that really resonated, that conversation about how to get into hockey writing or or scouting. Uh, again, not sure that I'm really much of an expert on that or uh, <laughs> a voice of authority uh, since I don't do this for a living and I'm certainly not a hockey scout. But uh, everyone seems to enjoy that, so I thought I would just kind of elaborate it on it a little bit and what most people are asking me for about this was that they want to break into the business they want to live the dream of working in hockey and I get that because I share that same that same dream and, and that same passion and that's why I'm doing this podcast for free on my own time um so I think the first thing I would I would say to elaborate on what I talked about before was reiterate that what's your your goal for getting into this because it is a very tricky industry uh, to break into it's I, I use the analogy of the mafia and how the people inside the NHL are all made men and to get into it uh, you gotta you gotta know somebody you gotta be a, you gotta be a good fella uh, a player or have it in your family or something along those lines now that's certainly not absolute and there's a number of people who have been hired into different fields of the hockey community and have made it uh, most recently, and the one that I'm, I'm most uh, excited for, or passionate about, or proud of, is uh, one of the people who was my mentors uh, to an extent getting started, and that's Gus Katsaros. I don't know if you listen to this podcast or not, Gus. I hope you do. Um, dude, I love you. I'm so happy that you finally um, paid your dues long enough and, and, and got offered a position where hopefully you can quit your day job. And the Owen Sound Attack and the OHL offered him the position of director of hockey uh, analytics or analysis, whatever it is. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm super happy because he's about the nicest guy. And when I just started getting in, uh, he met us for a Dauber pub night uh, in downtown Toronto. And uh, my dad was with me and we had such a great time. Uh, and Gus really stole the show. He was the, uh, the highlight of the night. I had such a great time listening to him talk about stories and just the, uh, the conversation level I was able to have with him. Um, something that, um, that Joel said to me after we recorded our interview, he was like, this is great. I never get to talk hockey at this level with anyone. I mean, I've got friends that are into hockey, but not quite to this extent. And that's kind of the, the impression that I, I had with Gus. So I'm super happy for him. Uh, but there's a number of other people who um, who have been hired on with, you know, real hockey jobs. Ryan Beach, who I've met several times now at the NHL draft, really nice guy, uh, lives out in Vancouver, has been hired by the Vancouver Canucks as a video analyst and hockey analytics. Um, J.D. Burke, also from Vancouver, hired by Elite Prospects. He is now the editor-in-chief and was able to quit his day job as a painter. Uh, and is now working in the hockey industry, not necessarily with a with a hockey team, but as a writer, um, it's hard to get a job as a writer with a hockey team. So way to go, JDB. That's amazing. Uh, going back a few more years now, Cody Nicolet, um, he was he started with a blog. I think he might have even have wrote for Dauber Hockey, um, or maybe it was Fantasy Hockey Coach. Uh, he wrote for before I went on there, um, like. Paid his dues, wrote for free, uh, got his work out there, and got recognized. And he got hired um, by Saskatoon Blades, and now he's just recently been hired on by the Carolina Hurricanes as an amateur scout. So Cody is literally living the dream. Uh, Steve Ellis, uh, he was on this podcast just before he got hired on by the Hockey News. He's hired on as their digital content producer. Brendan Ross, who preceded me as the managing editor of Dauber Prospects, is now a scout with the London Knights. So he chased the dream and, and he's made it. He's a scout with one of the most reputable teams in all of Canadian junior hockey. Dave McDonald, buddy of mine I went to the draft with, writer for Dauber Prospects, guest on this podcast. Uh, he is scouting for a team in the USHL. Uh, Jack Hahn, hired on for analytics in Toronto. 
Um, the list goes on and on. So it's possible to to do this, to transition from coming from nothing, writing for free, paying your dues, having a blog, uh, getting recognized, build up your social media following to an extent. Um, I would say that that's a bit of a, a do and a don't. Uh, it'd be very, very careful about how you manage your social media presence. People of power and influence, the important people and decision makers, the ones doing the hiring, um, they look at your Twitter profile to be sure. So if you go on Twitter and are, are saying negative things about people or prospects or organizations or people who are made men in the business, um, you're never going to, you're never going to make it. Um, I think what I want to, the point I want to make here is focus on what you want your path to be. If you want to make, make it as a scout, um, don't call yourself a scout until you are a scout. Um, write scouting reports and profiles on players, do draft rankings. Um, but I would say the easiest way, or maybe not the easiest way, but the most probable way would be to follow the way that Cody and uh, Brandon Ross are doing it. Start scouting players at below the CHL level. No one is going to hire, no NHL team is going to hire someone who's an online writer to scout for them. You have to have a scouting resume or professional hockey playing experience. So you start scouting for uh, much lower level teams, for players that are draft eligible for teams like the OHL, the Q, and the Dub. Um, and then maybe you can get hired by a Canadian Junior Hockey League team or a USHL team uh, and start doing, or the, whatever the European equivalent is, and start doing some actual scouting, watching players, assessing their abilities, establishing your reputation and ability to watch players play, identify which ones are targetable and desirable, and then hope that the team that you work for is also good at developing that those players and, and you make each other look good. You provide your coaches with talented players, they develop them into players that make you look like you knew what you were doing all along. Before you know it, you can say, hey, I'm responsible for identifying, scouting, and drafting these following players for this team that led us to a championship that went on to get drafted in higher leagues and were stars in higher leagues and higher levels that gets noticed if you want to get into analytics then you know you have to make sure that someone is reading your stuff so if that means writing on a blog and promoting it on your social media if you have enough presence that you can get enough eyes to look at it that's fantastic otherwise you might want to look at writing for a larger platform site like The Athletic or SB Nation or Dauber Prospects or whomever. Uh, if you're interested in, in scouting, another thing I would say you might want to look at is volunteering to scout for free um, to start. Um, scouting for someone like HockeyProspect.com or ISS Scouting like Dave McDonald did. Those are, those are also options and possibilities. You can get some mentoring and some coaching and some guidance from those people. HockeyProspect.com is probably the most legitimate and reputable independent scouting service that there is. A number of uh, writers, or scouts, I should say, uh, that have worked for HockeyProspect.com have gone on to get hired. Um, they're like a farm system for, for scouts. So uh, if Mark's interested in, in what you do, um, then that might be a good route to go. Again, the, the writing industry, the media industry is a really difficult one for me to encourage you to go into because it's a dying industry. Everything, everyone's writing from posting their stuff for free. So why, people don't want to buy newspapers or magazines or subscriptions anymore. I hope that The Athletic is a, is a model that's sustainable and profitable and can carry on because it creates a significant number of jobs for people in writing. Maybe perhaps not jobs that they can quit their day job for, but it's enough to supplement their income and justify the amount of time that they're spending on their passion and providing them with some, some income. Uh, I'm fearful that, that it might not be long-term sustainable, though. It could come crashing down. So all that being said, that's a little bit more in-depth analysis on how to get into hockey. Figure out if you want to be a scout or a writer. Uh, find a way to establish some sort of portfolio or profile prove your track record work hard um, and you know there's a lot of inspirational speeches that I see on social media about chasing your dream and following it and I highly recommend you to do that but just understand that 
to, I can't make it in this business. Um, I'm not prepared to do the sacrifices that it requires, but um, it is possible to make it. It is possible to do it. I'm happy with where I'm at. Maybe one day I'll be able to find more time to dedicate uh, the amount of time and work and travel that would go into being successful at this. Um, and, and don't do it for the money. It's very unlikely that you'll ever get rich working in the hockey field uh, unless you're a star athlete. So anyhow, that's enough of that. I'm going to move on now and I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit of the WHL and some Calgary Flames prospects because they've got a really interesting prospect pool. And to help guide me through that conversation, I'm going to bring on one of the longer standing members of Dauber Prospects, long overdue to be on this podcast. I'm really excited to talk to uh, Joel Henderson and uh, get his his take on players from the dub and Calgary Flames. So let's bring on Joel. All right, so now I'm really happy to be joined by another Dauber Prospects writer. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Joel Henderson. How's it going, bud? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing a bit of all right. I'm sad that summer's almost over, but uh, I'm happy that that means hockey's coming back. So Joel is our Calgary Flames prospect writer for Dauber Prospects. You can catch him on Twitter at dat hockey dough is that correct <laughs> that is yeah that's where did you come up with that um <laughs> i'm honestly i'm not really sure it was just like i was sitting with with a bunch of my buddies and they're like man i miss hockey and i was like yeah and they're like dad hockey dough and i was like yeah and that was it <laughs> all right like, so it was just like hey hold my beer i'm like... gonna join hold my beer i'm gonna join twitter <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, sports are good, but like that hockey, though, like, yeah, it's true. That is true. That is true. All right. You're, you have a second Twitter account, too, and, and a secret life that most of your uh, hockey readers probably don't know about. So your other Twitter account handle is uh, Poor Nameless Boy. Um, tell me a little bit about that, man. I've been uh, a musician for a number of years. That's the, my music name that I go by. I release songs to to radio in Canada. So, you know, maybe some people have heard it on, on CBC or on their local uh, college radio stations or on Sirius XM or, you know, anything they really listen to. I get put on uh, some some really nice playlists in, in Canada as well on, on Spotify and other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I go by Poor Nameless Boy. I've been an artist for a number of years and I do a lot of touring all across Canada and, and uh, across Europe as well. What kind of genre do you say your, your music is? I think the best way is if people, if people really enjoy Donovan Woods, they'll probably you know, really understand, you know, from, from a Canadian perspective. I love singer-songwriter stuff. I love things that can tell a good story. Uh, I really just strive to make people think and feel. Yeah, you can find Joel's stuff on uh, both Apple Music and Spotify. I've added him to a few of my playlists on both of those. And uh, he's pretty good, man. Check him out, especially if he's in your neighborhood. And if he comes through, he does a little bit of touring around Canada and maybe even in, in Europe for all of those three or four people that listen to this podcast over <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's get to talking some, uh, some hockey though. Um, let's start. Uh, so Joel's in Regina and we're going to talk about the WHL since that's his backyard and it's not mine. So I'm bringing him on as my uh, Western hockey league expert for this kind of preseason segment that we're doing for all the CHL leagues. So one of the things we've been talking about is, top prospects that are graduating out of each league and turning pro and players that you maybe want to look at drafting or um, or you have drafted and you've been sitting them on your prospect roster. And, and just before we started recording, Joel and I were going through the WHL scoring leaders and players drafted in 2017, which would be the year that they start aging out. And um, there aren't really any players. <laughs> <laughs> players like that to talk about because most of them have already graduated like like nolan patrick uh and uh, yoki uh what's his name <laughs> yoki butchfeld yeah anyway uh so players like um like nolan patrick they've already graduated so what we did was we took a look at some of the current scoring leaders and, and what jumped out to me joel was that a lot of them were uh overage players or players maybe drafted in later rounds uh but they're playing in their their last year or overage year, and they're they're leading the league or at the top of the league in scoring. Uh, but they're kind of under the radar sort of players. So let's talk about a couple of those guys. Um, so the league leading scorer, Joachim Blitchfield for the Portland Winterhawks. I guess we should start there. He had 114 points. 
Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about this player? He, um, so there's a few different leagues or a few different teams in the WHL that, you know, you can just kind of, they have a lot of really good, like you talked about overage forwards and it was matched with guys that, um, could help them a lot. So in Portland, there was a lot to watch this year. There were, you know, you've got a guy like Cody Glass who kind of is steering the ship, but then there's, there's a ton of different, you know, draft eligible guys that win the draft. There's, uh, from top to the bottom, and he was one that just put the puck in the net. He had 53 goals in 68 games, and, you know, for a team, um, he was drafted this to San Jose. For a team like San Jose, when you're, you know, when your seventh-round prospect puts up 114 points in 68 games, you're just pumped to see that because that's what you want to see. You want to see those guys taken in the, you know, fifth to seventh rounds just dominate the league. And, you know, he didn't do it by himself, but he did do it, which is uh, wonderful to see. Okay. Uh, he was drafted by San Jose. When did they pick him? Uh, the seventh round. So he was, so a, he was a seventh round pick in 20, uh, 2016. So would you say this and is like a late? late he, yeah, t- uh, 210th overall I'm seeing here. So Right. So this is like they threw a dart at the board. Did they just kind of get lucky or is, is he a late bloomer? Well, I think there's uh, one of the trends that I am seeing uh, from draft stuff is that people are watching the WHL um, pretty seriously in the in the draft plus one category and they're trying to see if they can get you know some of those guys that kind of break through in those years and while you know Blitzfeld wasn't really one of them there's you know there's guys um in this draft guys like uh, Trey Fix Wolanski in the WHL um and I mean even this year is a plus two Brett Leeson um there's guys that are that are coming through and showing that they can dominate uh, the WHL and I don't think teams are afraid to take them whenever they can and it's usually late a lot of the guys in this year's draft or in this year's top scoring in the WHL were rounds five to seven yeah that's a, a growing trend that I've noticing and it, it really should translate over into fantasy hockey as well I think even more relevant in fantasy hockey where overage players are becoming more and more attractive to teams to draft in the past it seems that if you didn't get drafted in your draft year, the odds of you getting drafted as an overager were were extreme. And then your best chance of making it were as a free agent later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the teams just spent almost all of their attention on the draft first draft eligible prospects. And what I like about teams taking shots on overage players is, and especially this translates over to fantasy, is they've got a shorter time frame where you need to wait to find out what you have. Mm-hmm. I, I really like drafting older players. While their ceiling might not be as high, so the first round or so, I still stick to taking those those A-plus premium prospects, right? Because those are your only chance to get those guys. But when you start getting past the second round, these, it's all darts at the board anyways, right? So why don't you throw a dart at a guy who will let you know what he is in two years as opposed to four? Yeah. I mean, so one guy was Connor DeWar last year for the Everett Silvertips. He had 81 points in 59 games, and he was a plus one when, when he was drafted, I believe. Um, so he went, you know, somewhere in the third round to Minnesota. And there's guys that are continuing to surprise like that every year. Uh, Vancouver took Carson Folk this year in this year's draft. So we'll see if he can put together a really strong season for Calgary next year. Um, there's a lot of those guys that are that are um, really interesting and they just might dominate. One of the guys you, you and I talked about um, that I mentioned was Ellie Zumak um, for Spokane. He was playing majority on the second line, even as a guy who was a plus one and he still put up over a point per game and played with a guy I really like that got drafted this year, Adam Beckman. And I think the two of them with some people kind of moving on from Spokane and turning pro, those are guys who could really surprise and put up a, an obscene amount of point totals uh, in this next year. Interesting. Um, just looking back at the uh, scoring leaders for last year, the next two guys on the list played for Moose Jaw, uh, Tristan Langdon and uh, Justin Almedia. Uh, so those were Moose Jaw Warriors teammates, and you were saying that they played with uh, a draft-eligible prospect. Who was that again? Braden Tracy. He So he was uh, he was kind of the third on that line for most of the time, and Moose Jaw had such a really unique power play that I liked. They They had... Braden Tracy really, really out high in the slot. And it allowed him, because he was such a great playmaker, allowed him to um, to really make kind of these, these bang-bang plays where he would pass it to the wing and then pass it. It was kind of like he was a second defenseman out high. And if somebody came out to challenge him, he would just do a little uh, little drop pass back to the defender. 
Um, and they, they kind of used each other really well, but when you've got these two guys who are, who are older and just dominating the league, like they did this last year, it makes it a little bit harder and a little bit trickier to see guys like Braden Tracy and wonder where to take him in the draft. So I think there was a lot of people in, you know, in January and February who were kind of like, why isn't Braden Tracy higher on this boards? He's putting up a crazy amount of point total. And there are people that were like, well, is it because of his teammates or is it because of this? And there were some people that thought he was going to be a third round pick. Uh, I had him as a, as, a, as a really high second. And he ended up going late first to Anaheim. So I think it's, it, it was really fun to kind of watch that because you've got two guys that can dominate the league and, and a guy who's, who's uh, happy to be on the line with them. Right. His line mate, uh, Tristan Langdon, he's a San Jose Barracuda prospect. So he's undrafted and it doesn't look like he's got an NHL deal. Is that, uh, do you think that's correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. He was one of those guys that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I talked to were wanting people to take a flyer on, uh, to, to draft late in this draft or at least bring him to camp. And I think he's one of those guys that will, you know, he'll find himself a home and, and, uh, and people can root for him as he continues on his career. So he's turning pro. He'll be playing in the AHL with San Jose. He's 20 years old, six foot, 200 pounds. So size isn't really an issue with him. So he'll be playing for uh, a pro contract. So the other player that uh, was on that line that we were talking about is um, Justin Almedia. Um, what's the story with him? He was a fifth round pick last year, and he was another guy that uh, he's a bit smaller and people took uh, a flyer on because he was, it wasn't his, you know, I think it was his draft plus one season as well. And Pittsburgh took him in the fifth round. Um, you know, as I'm seeing here, he had 98 points in 72 games when he was drafted. And he had, and when he got traded to Moose Jaw the year before, he had 15 points in 33 games. So he really exploded uh, in his plus one season and then just continued to dominate with good line mates later on. Um, so for deep fantasy pools, and especially, or even just prospects watching their players, there's nothing that you want more from your your players who drafted in the fifth to seventh round than to dominate the league that they're in because it just shows that they can adjust to competition, um, they can use their skill set to their advantage, and they can kind of power through. And and there's guys from the WHL who have you know been taken later on in the draft, and 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 they're just they're slowly making their way up um, through their team. Like they're you know being from Regina, Adam Brooks is one who. Uh, Toronto took and uh, he's kind of slowly making his way up and people who get to watch Marley's games realize that he's really effective. He's a very effective player and there's a reason that he dominated the WHL. Yeah, yeah. So Almedia's got his work cut out for him. He's 5'11", 165. He's also 20. He was drafted though, so he's got a few years to uh, to play this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely projected to be in the WHL and what's working for him is Pittsburgh prospect pool is is really thin about as thin as it gets so <laughs> there's the not a, not a lot of roster blockers preventing him if he can uh if he can play well so yeah. that's a that's a good player to put on your watch list i would say if you can put up point totals um no matter what the league you're in it's going to be it's going to helpful down the line so i think he's one that uh, will surprise once he once he gets to the hl right right okay so let's uh let's shift focus a little bit and let's talk about a couple of players um who might be able to rise to the top of the scoring leaders this year, since almost everyone in the the top of the scoring leaders in the dub was was an overage or is aged out. Uh, so I guess obviously we wanted to look a look at um, some of the players that were high draft picks in this past draft. Guys like Dylan Cousins. Um, anyone else you think might uh, might be challenging for a scoring lead title this year in the dub? Yeah, I think when you kind of look at the the WHL list of, you know, high scores last year, you saw a lot of people who were, you know, significantly older in their their final seasons. And then you saw how strong the draft eligible year was for the WHL. Um, you know, guys like Dylan Cousins, Braden Tracy, Kirby Doc, um, Bowen Byram, uh, Peyton Krebs. And then, you know, you've got a, a, a waft of talent uh, that are coming in that are draft eligibles this year that they, they're not going to be, you know, top of the first round picks, but they're going to be maybe late first rounders to mid thirds. And there's a lot of guys in the league like that. And so this is going to be a year where you just watch to see who separates themselves. Um, you know, if, if you guys are faithful listeners and watchers to uh, some of this stuff, you'll, you'll see some of these guys play for team Canada at different times. Uh, guys like Connor Zary. Um, there's, there's a lot of players that are, um, it's going to be an interesting year to see, 
to see who kind of rises up. There's always those overagers that do, but this is a really strong year if everybody comes back from the draft class. Yeah, so you, you kind of touched a little bit on uh, this coming draft too. And uh, doing some research for this, I was taking a look at the uh, the top ranked prospects and had to scroll down a little bit further this year before I found <laughs> someone from the dub than last year. Um, so I made the comment to you that this is not a good year for the dub in the draft. And you kind of challenged me on that. And you said, no, no, it's it's good for maybe quantity over uh, quality. So there might not be anyone that goes in the top 10, but there's a number of players uh, that are that are draft relevant this season, you'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially on interesting teams to watch. Uh, like Portland's always really strong. And you've got a guy like Seth Jarvis, who really showed himself for Team Canada in the last little while. And he's a guy that's just a natural goal scorer. I think he'll kind of be in and around everybody's second round picks, uh, you know, until he decides if he's going to be really good or, you know, kind of slide down the draft board. Um, there's other guys. There's a ton of good defensemen who are just really big puck moving defensemen. Caden uh, Gully. Um, I'm just finding here. Braden Schneider. Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, are really interesting to watch. Um, but then guys like Connor Zary and uh, one of my favorites is Jake Neighbors. He's a he's a guy that will play for Edmonton this year. Edmonton should have a pretty strong team again uh, when they get back. Matthew Robertson, uh, who was a second-round pick for the New York Rangers. And I think they're just a team that's that's uh, going to be really, really good. And Jake might be a big part of that. He plays a, a really, uh, really relentless game. He's just always in and around the puck, in and around the net. And uh, uh, he's just very fun to watch. Right on. So those are some fun players to watch. Uh, let's talk about some teams that should be on the rise, too. Um, Kelowna is set to be the uh, Memorial Cup hosts. So therefore, that leads me to believe they've got a, a good core in place and likely will be making some trades throughout the season to load up on some overage players or older players and try and make a run at a title. Um, they have players on their roster that jumped out at me. Let me know who I'm missing. But Caden Korzak, Lassie Thompson and Nolan Foote stood out to me right away. Uh, so Lassie Thompson has decided that he's going to go back to Finland, I believe. Awkward. Uh, so, so he <laughs> he's one that um, that people were very excited for because he, he was really starting to come along later in the year as he p- um, put together more of a two-way game. But he's got a really good slap shot, and uh, Kelowna's going to miss him a lot. But one of the things that they did at the draft is they already made up kind of a big splash, and they grabbed some guys from Seattle. Um, they, they grabbed Dylan uh, Hamaliak who was um, a second-round pick by San Jose this last year. Um, and he he's a really big, heavy forward. He hits hard. He skates hard. He got injured, and so a lot of people weren't sure where to put him because he got injured before Christmas. And uh, But he he fills a role that they, they really need. And then another guy who's just relentless, one guy that I was really high on in my draft list who didn't end up getting drafted, and I believe he's at San Jose's camp, is um, is Jake Lee. And Jake Lee is a, a big, he was a high drafted forward into the WHL. Uh, he's got really good mobility. He plays a really strong game. Uh, he was very, very important for Seattle down the stretch. And so it just shows that Kelowna, yeah, they're going to bolster, but they've already made, you know, some really important trades to kind of go down that line. And they've got a good good uh, goaltender um, there as well. Roddy Ross was a, a goalie that was drafted this year too. All right. Uh, so another uh team that I'm really fascinated with uh, that has been making a lot of moves, uh, including a geographical move uh, from Cooney to Winnipeg is the uh, the ice. They went out, uh, well, they still have a top prospect in their roster in Peyton Krebs, and they added Matt Savoie, who's not old enough to play in the league this year, so he'll be limited to a specific number of games. I can't remember how many it is, but it's a low percentage, barring any uh, any injuries. Uh, who are some other players on that roster that you're really excited for that would be totally worth watching Winnipeg games? <laughs> so if if people do remember, you know, the conversations that were around Peyton Krebs this year, everything was about, you know, he put up 68 points in 64 games, but he's a guy who's predominantly a playmaker and didn't really have any natural goal scorers of that caliber that he's playing at. You know, he, he played with some good players, but uh, you know, Kootenai was one of the, one of the worst teams in the league last year. And so they're rebuilding and they had a lot of guys who were 16, 17 playing on the team. And this is going to be a year where people start to see that they've got a special group of, of players moving forward. Um, 
there's guys named um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but it's like Yakin or Yakin Jakin Smallwood. Um, they have uh, other guys coming uh, in. Marco or Marco Creta had a good year last year. I think he's gonna uh, continue to develop. They have a guy named Carson Lambos who not this year, but next year is, you know, slotted in on a lot of people's top 10 lists. He's a really, really big, effective defenseman. Uh, he's, I think he's six foot one, 205 now, um, 15, 16 years old. So this will be his first full year in the league. Um, they, and then they have uh, Connor McLennan as well, who is a, who's a very, very effective forward. He's, uh, he's a pretty relentless too. He's, he's got a good set of mitts on him. So, Maybe not this next year for Kootenai, but the year after that, this is going to be a team that, or sorry, not for Kootenai, for Winnipeg. Um, everybody's going to want to watch uh, because they're going to be something special. And I don't know if Peyton Krebs is going to last that long, that long to see it. But if they trade, if they decide to trade Peyton Krebs at the deadline, that's even more weapons that they're going to have to make this team pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I see uh, a little bit of similarities between them and Kingston in that they're, you know, they're going to be building around their prodigal player with Kingston it would be um Shane Wright and with Winnipeg it's going to be Matt Savoie uh they both have import players that are are kind of interesting to watch too Michael Tepley is a player that I believe they just picked in the import draft he was picked in the fourth round by the Mm -hmm. Chicago Blackhawks so he's coming over from Czech Republic uh, he looks like he could be a bit of a player too. Uh, six foot three, one ninety two. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your hometown team, the Regina Pats. Uh, they're not too far removed from a Memorial Cup of their own. Are they going to be looking at uh, contending or or continuing to build right now? I think they're just going to be there. So last year they were they were a team that was that in a lot of games it was surprising how many games that they were close in. They were. You know, they would have times where they would cycle the forecheck down low and they'd pin teams in that they really just didn't have any business being in the game with. Um, but I think this is year where everyone's one year older. They've got some really good veterans to kind of take along some of the rookies. And uh, I don't think they'll be a top team. I think they'll be fine in the WHL this year. And uh, they'll just look to continue to rebuild. Um, they have a few guys. I just got back from watching their, their prospect camps. They have some really good guys uh, in the system. And a lot of guys from... Um, from the United States that they drafted later on in the WHL draft too. And so you never know how many of those guys are going to come and play or if they're going to come and join. Uh, and they just, yeah, they have a lot of interesting pieces. Um, they have a, uh, they have a guy in their system, Ty uh, Similanik, who they had drafted a number of years ago. He's wasn't at camp this year. Uh, he's supposed to be playing, you know, in the United States again this year, but if they put together another good team next year, he might be someone that joins them too. So Regina is really interesting. They're kind of a little all over the place. Uh, they have one uh, particular player that I'm I'm really high on. Uh, I was mistaken. I thought this year was going to be his draft eligible year, and it isn't. Um, so he's a guy that I, I kind of put out on Twitter. I think he's going to really announce himself this year uh, as a as somebody who's um, good to watch. His name's Cole Dubinsky. Uh, he had nine points in 47 games last year in his first full year, but he was starting to really show uh, moments of creativity. Uh, his skating is is uh, really, really fantastic. And I, I think just from the home, he's he's a guy I really like going to watch. All right. So let's, uh, before I let you go, man, let's talk a little bit about Calgary Flames. They're the team that you, uh, that you cover for Dauber Prospects. And we're near the end of our 31 and 31 series. And the August focus was all about um the organizational prospects so like players that they have graduating so who might be some players that are coming into the nhl with the calgary flames um that'll be looking for full-time jobs in the nhl and be fantasy relevant uh this is a year where calgary i I think they're pretty uh simple to understand they didn't bring in a lot of um like european players or guys that could be really challenging for jobs right away they have a pretty similar core and base to the team they had last year they had we thought that they were going to do a whole lot of trading that would might open up different spots. Like, um, but TJ Brody is still on the roster as of right now. And for leak is still on the roster right now. There's a lot of guys that were circling around trade rumors. Um, you know, Calgary almost had Nazi and Kadri. They almost had a bunch of guys, but it just means that there was a few spots where last year people really solidified themselves. Uh, Rasmus Anderson was a guy that showed he is uh, ready for full-time NHL duties and at times played on the top pairing with Mark Giordano. Um, a guy that a lot of people are kind of really sad about right now is Yusuf Valamaki. He was a guy who 
Um, you could tell whenever he was healthy, Calgary really wanted to bring him up and put him in the roster because he was an upgrade, especially on the third pairing. They have a guy named Oliver Shillington, who people have been very excited because he has some really high uh, offensive potential. He's a guy that loves to take chances. And so for a defenseman, he can get you uh, more points in lesser minutes. And, you know, I think Calgary's going to look to bring in somebody who is a six or a seven, and it might stifle him. The fact that Valimaki got hurt and is probably out until, you know, past Christmas. So Shillington will be one to watch. And then the other guy is Dylan Dubé. Dylan Dubé is someone who ripped up the AHL last year in his rookie year. Um, he just got better as the year went on, and it was really hard even to <laughs> not put him on the roster come uh, come playoffs. He was a dude that was just always, always, always pushing. There isn't necessarily a slot for him right now, but he just might force somebody's hand and, and take a spot from somebody. Uh, and then the other guy that people are really watching as a, as he had his essentially rookie year last year was on Andrew Manchapane. He's a guy that has a ton of offensive you know capabilities. He showed that in the OHL. He showed that in the AHL, and now he's a, an NHL player, and people are just waiting to see how, how high it potentially has in the NHL. I have him in one of my fantasy leagues, so I'm really happy to hear you say that about him, and I, I'm, confident, <laughs> I'm confident that he's going to stick in the roster this year. Yeah, uh, I think so too. A couple of European players I'm, I'm really interested in. I think they're either making their debut in the AHL this year, but that's uh, Matthias Emilio Pedersen. Uh, let's start with him. Uh, what do you like about him? What do you see his upside? So he was a guy that was kind of a huge fan favorite. He comes from a smaller market. And when I started to talk to, about him on my Twitter, I immediately just got like a huge surge in, uh, in follows from, from Europe. Uh, there's people that love this kid. He went from kind of an interesting year to, uh, to his first year in the NCAA. And he was pretty unreal. He's, uh, as far as I know, he's going back for another year. Um, and he's just going to continue to try to um, develop. He's a guy that relies on his speed and his creativity. He's a really good playmaker, and at the NCAA level, there was times where he just he seemed to take over games, especially on the power play. He, he can create at a really high level, and he went from a guy drafted him for a sixth-round pick to, um, you know, Calgary Calgary missed out. Uh, the, you know, we've traded away a lot of, you know, first to third-round picks in the last two years. And so it's it's left opportunities for guys who are drafted later on to really push uh, higher up the depth chart, and he's one to do it. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people think could have some really good NHL potential. Yeah, I like a lot of the Calgary prospects. Um, another one that is probably my favorite one would have to be uh, Itu Tolola. I've spoke about him a couple of times on the podcast. Uh, I remember him from a, a couple seasons ago, right after he was drafted. He came over for... Uh, their prospect camp. He played in the WHL, so you should be really familiar with him too. Um, but he's a heavy player, and he's got a nose for the net, and he's got a pretty sweet shot. Um, he had a pretty decent season playing pro hockey in Finland last year. Um, where are you seeing his kind of upside or potential on the roster in a few years? Uh, see, he his best asset right now is, or his best thing is that the Calgary has been weak on the right side for quite a long time. And, and so to fill in those, those prospects that can play the right wing is uh, it's tough. You know um, there was Matthew Phillips, the kind of transition to the right wing in the AHL uh, Glenn Godden kind of bounced a bit around. They still have uh, buddy Robinson, but they lost a few players as well. Uh, Spencer Fu being one of them to the KHL. So for a guy like uh, Tulola, he, I don't know. Uh, he could be a guy that plays a really heavy third line game for them and, uh, and shows that, that's where he's going to continue to build and that's where he's going to continue to grow as a pro player. And you, he could jump from a third line to a fourth line NHL spot, or he's a guy that could go in the the way of, you know, how Garnet Hathaway did for the flames where he just slowly moves himself up, plays that style of game, gets himself on the top line, puts up a point per game. And, you know, he, he signed a four year deal with, with Washington, I think this year. So it's, it's uh, I think he has all the opportunity in the world and he just has to grasp it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another position that's really interesting is goaltenders. You've got uh, Tyler Parsons. I'm looking at your top 20 rankings for prospects. He's their number fifth ranked prospect. Uh, John Gillies is number nine. They signed Artem Zagadulin um, mm-hmm. out of the KHL. Um, only one guy can play net at a time, uh, and it's not like it's not like they've got a, a Mika Kiprasov in goal right now. That's you know got this position locked up for the next ten years. Uh, so this is kind of a, this is gonna be an interesting little challenge for the goaltender depth here. Um, 
I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I'm honestly not too sure what's going to happen. It, you know, when, when you bring in Cam Talbot to play the net, there's a lot of things that might happen this year. Um, uh, David Riddick might show that he is capable of taking the net and taking it a lot. Uh, Cam Talbot might struggle and they want to replace him fast. I mean, Calgary's brought in goaltenders and shipped them away very quickly in the last few years um, in those backup rules and in those kind of AHL spots. But they are two guys that they've really stuck with has been John Gillies and the slow movement of of Tyler Parsons. Both of those guys have dealt with injuries. Both of those guys have looked to kind of really be stable in the AHL. And Stockton this year in the AHL had a really, really interesting team. They were very offensive focused. They put up huge numbers up front, but their defense struggled. They gave up a lot of goals. They gave up a lot of two on ones, a lot of three on twos. And it, uh, and it really hurt the, the, their save percentage and the kind of goals against for guys like that. You know, when you just look at those numbers, you want to just throw them both away. But Gillies uh, has shown that he's stabilized some of his movements. Uh, I thought they might give him a chance as, as the, the backup this year if they didn't find a, a better option. And Tyler Parsons played really well down the stretch, especially when Yusuf Valimaki joined the team. And so those are guys that are continuing to build. And they brought in a guy who everything that I've seen from him and his uh, his stuff overseas in Zagadulin is that he's very capable. So right now they have three guys to play two positions. And then they have Nick Schneider as well, who I expect will start off in the ECHL. Um, they moved on from Mason McDonald this year. And I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think maybe maybe you'll see someone get traded. Maybe it might, you know, you might see a trade for, for a defenseman or something kind of moving into this year. But I really don't know. I don't know who's going to play or how they're going to do it. Yeah, time will tell, right? I guess that's why we play the games. Uh, okay, one last uh, little segment I wanted to go over with you, I almost forgot, is uh, about a week ago we had the Dauber Prospects Fantasy Hockey League. So yeah. me and you and a bunch of the other writers in the league uh, got together for a quick online live draft. And uh, just again, in case you missed uh, any of the other conversations with the DPL draft, um, context on the league is it's about a 16-ish team league with a full roster. So you got 50 contracts, you got a full NHL roster, and a full prospect roster. It's a hard cap league, which means you can't drop or give away players if they're not living up to their contract. So you're stuck with bad contracts, or you have to buy them out, and the buyout goes against your cap hit. And it's a roto head-to-head league, so you know it's multi-cats. Uh, it's a five-round draft. Joel, it looks like you had four picks. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I had traded away one of mine earlier in the year. But so I was one that I think I was one of the only ones that made kind of a big move early on. I had the 11th overall pick. And when it kind of got to me in my spot, there were a couple of guys that I was really looking at. Uh, one being Trevor Zegras, who I like a lot, especially on a, you know, on a developing Anaheim team. And Marit Sider. Marit Sider can put up a lot of different points in a lot of different ways. He's got a really huge upside. Um, but I'm kind of a big homer for uh, one of the players in the OHL this year, and I just thought it's way too high to pick him now, and I want to see if I can trade back into this draft and select him. And that was Philip Tomasino, who I ended up taking with the 19th overall pick. So I had 11, and I ended up sitting and waiting, and I said, if if Zgras drops to me here, I'll take him. If he gets taken in the 10th spot, I'm going to trade this pick away, and Zgras got taken in the 10th. Uh, so I ended up trading him. I ended up trading uh, my 11th pick for the 19th pick in the second round and uh, or the 19th overall pick, the second round pick and a second round pick next year, which should be a good year. So uh, I think it was a good pick for me. I ended up getting Philip Tomasino with that, with my later on pick. And I'm pretty happy. Right on. So Tomasino was your, your first pick, uh, 19th overall in the second round. You had a second, second round pick and you took... Uh, at 25th, I think it was, Arthur Kaliev. Mm-hmm. So Kaliev's a bit of a wild card player there. He's one of the higher goal scorers and has, I think, higher fantasy upside than NHL upside. Uh, so you might have gotten a steal there. Um, <laughs> how'd, how'd you like that pick? Uh, you know what? I, anytime that you look at a prospect system where you go, who's going to score goals for this team? And you look at a guy who put up the amount of goal totals that he, he put up and he's in the LA Kings system. They got tons of playmakers, tons of two-way forward, but an elite goal, st- uh, elite goal scorer in a system like that, he's going to get so much opportunity. I, I think I'm super happy with that pick. I couldn't believe he was there. I actually felt bad of like, I want to take Tomasino, but like, how do I not take Kaliev? And then he was available for me later. So I was pretty happy. Yeah, that worked out. 
So you had no picks in the third round. And then the fourth round, you kind of stole one of the players I really wanted to take. Um, I needed more picks to get him. Uh, but that's Petr Kochkov. I got him in my other league. I'm super stoked about it. I'm really high on him as a goalie. I think he's going to be fantastic. Obviously, you like him too. I, I do. The the one thing that I really like, well, see, I, I got somebody stolen from me too. I was really amped to take John Beecher, who went the spot above me. But uh, Kochikov was the one that I was going to take right after. And, and it goes as well as, you know, sometimes your fantasy leagues, you want to you wanna try to, <laughs> to wrap up a team as much as you can. And I have Nedeljkovic as well for Carolina. And I think, I think anybody who kind of follows prospects, Carolina has a lot of, uh, they're building something special there. And in goaltender, it's still, the future is still uncertain. And so the fact that I have Kochikov and I have Nedeljkovic, I think with Carolina, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be honing in on whoever grabs that job in the future. And also because he's, you know, a bit of an older player, uh, it, it takes down the weight. Right. Now you just need to add a uh, Helvig and you'll have the whole, the whole system there. <laughs> yeah. You had one more pick in the fifth round. Uh, you took a player who uh, I think has got pretty good value in this kind of league with the, with the multi cats and that's Alden grew. Yeah. He's a guy that, um, there was a lot of people that, you know, early on in the year or maybe January, February, there was people thinking he might be at the end of the, the first round in that kind of category. Like you said, he, he's a guy that if he makes the NHL, uh, he's just an absolute menace. And he can he can really, really make trouble for a lot of people in a lot of areas. Uh, he plays a really heavy game, strong. I think he has a good chance of doing it. But at this point in time, there's there's it's a fifth round pick. I have I have no no worries in taking him and just seeing what he does in the next couple of years because uh, he's a guy that could have a huge payoff. Yeah, right in the fifth round, you might as well swing for the fences, right? Absolutely. Right, right on. Joel, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Is there any other players you wanted to uh, kind of hit on real quick here? Any fantasy-relevant prospects that you want to throw out there for the listeners to maybe put on their watch list or draft list? Uh, I would just say, like, as a Calgary Flames guy, this is going to be a really interesting year. There's a lot of guys that are turning pro earlier, and you never know who's going to kind of jump up people's charts. Last year uh, in Stockton... Um, guys like Matthew Phillips and Glenn Godden really solidified themselves as really important players for the Flames, who are guys that could play NHL games down the line. And this year with with uh, Tulola and with Zagadulin and with the goaltenders and with a lot of stuff, Stockton is a team that could go any which way. Um, Adam Ruzicka is uh, turning pro uh, as well as their really, really, really heavy player from um, from the USHL who got himself in trouble last year for like, you know, jumping, jumping the, uh, jumping the glass in the penalty box to try to fight somebody like he, he's who got is that? tons of, um, the, uh, this was uh, Martin Pospisil. Oh uh, yeah. I like him too. He's, you know, he averages like a billion penalty minutes a season. So in, in leagues like this, these are guys that are very heavy, very interesting. These are guys in the categories for the flames who are like fourth to seventh round picks that they've kind of been relied on. And so you never know who's going to jump uh, to the front of it as well. Um, so I think Calgary Flames is one to watch as a team who you just go, who is going to fill in the gaps for them moving forward? Somebody has to do it. And, and in two to three years, it's going to be some of these guys. Right on. So go ahead and check out Joel's August 31 and 31 Calgary Flames post on Dauber Prospects. Check out the Calgary Flames page. Any of the prospects you want to learn more about, there's lots of information on there. Follow Joel on Twitter, DadHockeyDoe. And uh, give his uh, music Twitter handle a follow too. Poor nameless boy. Give him a, give him some downloads on Apple Music and uh, show him some love there. Joel, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate. It. We're gonna have to have you on again. <laughs> Sounds good. Right on. So that was my interview with Joel Henderson. Uh, thanks again, Joel, for coming on. And I'm gonna cue up the outro music for this episode, which appropriately will be one of Joel's songs, "Poor Nameless Boy." And uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's called Catch Up and Slow Down. Again, this is Poor Nameless Boy. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode. Put your cold hands Inside your warm sweater pockets we wait on telephones Walls a local art give it a vibe of its own I've been reading the spark of conversation We need 
up and slow down You can feel the hustle Grab a table for two by the fireplace No ma'am, I don't need room in my coffee cup I'm a plain old boy who hates hazelnut I've been meaning to spark a conversation I've been meaning to spark a conversation We need to catch up and slow down 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 Catch up and slow down